Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Kaiju Curry House, the fortnightly show that gives you a healthy dose of Kaiju goodness every other Monday. I'm Paul Williams, joined by my regular co-hosts Alex and Joe, and we are joined by our wonderful guest Connor Baxter, who um, has been making some fantastic um, models and uh, officially he is a 3D artist and well he's here to tell us about his one of his favourite films, The Mysterians, tell us all about the 3D modelling and we want to know also, Connor, what have Kaiju been up to? Um, well, um, recently, well, n- not a lot, but I can recall what um, happened a few weeks ago. Um, I received uh, two uh, 4K releases, um, both um, something to do with uh, a giant lizard and a giant monkey fighting each other, right? Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the first 4K release that I got was uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and everyone's talking about that, but... Um, the release I was most excited about to get was the King Kong versus Godzilla uh, 4K, which uh, uh, came straight from Japan. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fantastic uh, uh, box set. You know, it's like it, it almost like it comes in like almost like a VHS sort of size like box, and it uh, just comes with like uh, basically it's it's probably the best the film has ever looked, especially if you've uh, uh, seen the Criterion sets. You know that version's not particularly. Yeah. Great, um, but the only downside is there's no English subtitles. So if uh, you don't understand Japanese, tough luck, I guess. Um, but um, other than that, it's uh, it's probably the best the film has ever looked, and is a, a great collector's piece to get. Okay, so are you a fan of the 4K releases when they make them? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Um, usually. If they're done well, you know, usually it's a good 4K release. But then again, occasionally you do get duds, I guess. You know, like uh, you've got um, Terminator 2 in the, in 4K where they basically, um, they added digital noise removal, which is where they removed all the film grain to make it look almost like a modern film. Um, but as a result, you've got Arnold Schwarzenegger and he looks like he's made of plastic. So... <laughs> Funny you should mention that because I was, I was thinking about when it went from DVD to Blu-ray and I'm sure... Terminator 2 was one of the films that didn't really look any different. No. Um, yeah, it's um, as far as I'm aware, they use the 3D cut from like a, like a 3D version of Terminator 2. Um, uh, so uh, if you're expecting the extended version that's been in other releases, uh, you're not going to get that. So, yeah. Fair enough. Right. And now you get to ask the question to one of us. Um, well, Joe's been quiet this whole time, so uh, <laughs> uh, Joe, what have kind you been up to? Loads. Um, I found out about a movie called Super Deep. Uh, mm-hmm. For anybody who hasn't heard about this film, basically it's Chernobyl-esque in nature, but of course there's monsters, which the Joe likes. Um, while back, uh, this, is, this is based kind of in, in real life, um, there was a Russian project where they were drilling a super deep hole and a lot of iffy things happened. And I'm sure that none of that is internet rumor gossip, you know, but what a lot of people took from it is they basically dug down so deep that they reached hell. And a lot of scientists recorded hearing voices um, coming up from this well, this hole that they made. And it was kind of spooky. So Shudder, which is a horror streaming platform, came out with a movie called Super Deep. Super Deep is 
creepy. Uh, it's kind of Mantango-esque. Oh, yeah, it's Mantango-esque. It's got a little bit of Aliens thrown in. It's got a little bit of The Thing 2 thrown in, the prequel one. But, um, well, in terms of the fact that there's a female protagonist who's sent in as a scientific expert, blah, 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 blah. But however good the premise might be, the execution, I don't feel is quite there. It was fun. It was fun. It was a horror movie. But this thing is kind of like mildly contagious and you don't want to touch you. And somehow the female protagonist ends up in her skivvies by the end of the film to defeat this thing. So it was just one of those ones where I just couldn't quite give it thumbs up. Just kind of had to keep that tucked Mm -hmm. away. But um, watch that. I have not actually purchased Godzilla versus Kong yet. I, Nor have I. Mm. It was one of those things where I wanted to just get it in the wild and purchase it there. And I saw a DVD copy, but I, I can't just buy the DVD of that film. No, That's not. I'm a snob. I must have the highest resolution. So let that one go. Uh, at the time of this recording, Godzilla Singular Point has been released on Netflix worldwide. So mm. watched an episode of that with the lovely dawn uh her verdict is still out uh, it's too early to <laughs> say, isn't it? pardon it's too early to say after the first episode isn't it yeah you need to get the first up ep- because it's, it, it escalates yeah. and what it ends up being doesn't make sense until really the end like if you watch the beginning after you've seen the end you'll realize how finely crafted this cartoon is because there are so many plot points that emerge mm even before the actual story is told. It was, it was really interesting to watch that. And then also, since I have just come back from Connor's homeland, Scotland, I decided to pop in Journey of the Center of the Earth. And that was fantastic. Um, seeing Gertrude the Duck and you know some lizards with some fins you know, glued to their backs. So it, w- it was really interesting, but it was uh, fun because I can point out exactly where certain landmarks were in Edinburgh that are in that film, and I really enjoyed it. So that was great. It was the original Hollow Earth tale for all those listening as well. And I really will, uh, that will come up later in our If Nothing Else, because it's a great movie and I really enjoyed it and it's great fun. But yeah, so Paul, what have Kaiju been up to? Uh, well, I have got Godzilla versus Kong, and I have gone for the um, 4K Ultra HD version, and then... Steelbook. Yeah, yeah, Steelbook, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, spared no expense, yeah. And then while I um, watch it, um, I've got a Godzilla versus Kong t-shirt, you know, it's the one with Godzilla's face one side and, and Kong's it face on the Father's other. It was Father's Day after all. So it really was Father's Day, so I had to get some sort of Godzilla merch in place. So. That's just, that's what the kids like to get me. Um, on top of that, um, E3 happened, which is the game's, you know, blowout. There's a there's a video on our YouTube channel, but I think a highlight for me was the latest game in the um, Dark Pictures anthology, which is kind of like an interactive movie. You can play it alone or you can play it with friends and you kind of choose how the story goes. And that's set in Iraq about a group of soldiers who get stuck like in a tomb with a creature hunting them down so it sounds very much like, you know, like alien so I'm yeah. looking forward to that 
Um, and uh, on Disney Plus, I watched a film called Luca, mm. which is a coming of age story about a sea monster. And it is absolutely fantastic. I'm here I, because um, effectively, it was, it was Saturday morning, my wife was staying in bed, the kids are watching nonsense on YouTube. And I just said, no, we're going to put on something other than just streamers because I can't stand this anymore. Um, and I, I said, let's see what's on Disney Plus. Let's go for a nice, nice film. I thought, oh, it's got some creatures in it. I'll, I'll put up with that. You know, it's a Disney film. It's, even if it's bad, it's going to be decent. Yeah. And my son ended up like playing Roblox on the laptop. Um, yeah, but as the film progressed, he kind of he kept you know looking up, looking up, and then eventually, laptop was shut, and he was cuddled up next to me, laughing and pointing. You know, just, he loved it. Great. And so it's yeah, so it's a, a fantastic story because the sea monster he can go on land and turn human, mm -hmm. but if he gets wet, he turns back. Mm -hmm. So he's now you know trying to integrate with humans and learn all about them. But if it rains, he's a bit stuffed. But yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's great fun. Kids loved it. I loved it. Um, highly recommend. It. And that's um, Luke on Disney+. Plus. I think that's about it. So, Alex, what have Kaiju been up to? Um, well, a couple of things. You've reminded me, um, Paul, on Disney+, Plus, I was introduced uh, through my family to uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Have I said that right? Yes, that's a new one. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's relatively new. That that was one of those you purchase it before you kind of uh, get. It wasn't just open on Disney Plus. You had to purchase it, and it was really bloody good. It was, um, I thought, a very sincere film. It was age appropriate for my kids with enough kind of intensity that they were kind of like, ooh, sort of shocked at the right moments. Um, the fact that it has multiple strong leading female characters with no thread of romance in it they just they go out there they're badass and they're warriors and it's like yep it, tell you what it reminded me of joe it kind of gave me that sort of pan-asian kind of avatar the last airbender vibe it was very clear that they were kind of going for the this is going to be all Asian, sort of lots and lots of different parts. There was sort of Filipino kind of influences with these stepped gardens. There was definitely lots of kind of uh, traditional Chinese martial arts thrown in there. Um, but then there was also kind of South Asian um, aspects to it, kind of like the, the west coast of India with uh, or South uh, Vietnam with uh, river tribes. So it was rich geography in it. So I love that um, for myself. And yeah, Ryan the Last Dragon, and it has a dragon in, which that did help. It's um, not a traditional Chinese dragon either. They took a, uh, what do you want to call it? Indo-Pacific yeah. version of, of what a dragon is. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, um, it was, it's a different dragon to what you're typically associating yes. with Eastern uh, culture, it, which it, was yeah. nice to see. Like yeah. they did it was that. not a Chinese dragon. No, it, uh, most definitely. Um, so that that was wonderful. It's obviously it's been the Father's Day, and I have been delighted with wonderful gifts. And kind of because my birthday at the time of this recording, my birthday and Father's Day virtually fall on the same kind of uh, week. A lot of kind of the gifts were thrown in at the same time. So I've got a couple of things to show you. And um, starting off, I'm going to kind of go, um, you know, from the bottom and work up because. Um, what do you mean the bottom? What do you mean well, the bottom? What are, we, what are we putting at the bottom here, Alex? Um, I, I received Ooh. a poster. Oh. <laughs> and, with you. 
the poster was from... I'm going to drink my water in disgust. <laughs> the poster that I received, Connor, was from a film called The Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds. Um, oh, yeah. Have you seen it? I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Um, um, don't. It's glorious! I've never been able to watch the entire film. Um, it's Best an absolute mess of a film. Paul, how is it? It's fantastic. It's I don't great. know what you're about. And there are no dinosaurs or monster birds in it. <laughs> Japanese, Japanese country singers on a lake get eaten by a plesiosaur. And what is not to love? Crater Lake Monster wasn't even that bold. Jazz playing in the background when people are having sincere conversations. Oh, the music is the best part. The music editing is just awful. But anyway, I received Connor in the post for my birthday. A full movie poster size. Uh, you know, <laughs> so that, that, that was nice. Thank you for that, Joe. And when I asked, um, you know, did any one of you fine gents send me that? Um, a very coy Joe did the which I appreciate. <laughs> I, I got some lovely art cards um, from, from Paul. I'm not going to go through them all, but just it was nice for a change. And I do believe alongside that, um, from one of my good friends, I got some fantastic books I want to show you. I got Lovecraft Country. Oh, I heard oh, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Um, and then I got a classic Lovecraft book. I got the At the Mountains of Madness. Mm-hmm. Based on a true story. I got Saga of King Hrolf Kraki. Possibly pronouncing that about as badly as I ever do. Yeah. But I got some. Are you proud of me, Joe? I'm reading. I am proud of you. This is very good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get a book for Father's Day. You didn't? No. I got I this book, which I'm particularly excited about. This book, it's from the point of view of Grendel. Yeah, I want to read this. There's actually a really good, um, I think it's called Beowulf and Grendel, but it's mm -hmm. actually like a Scandinavian film where you get it like with Grendel's motivation, where the reason that he is attacking the Norsemen is because they just maliciously killed his father, mm -hmm. who was just being a nice guy with Grendel. Like they just killed him because he was mm -hmm. different. And that's what set Grendel on a bad path to like go after these guys. And then when Beowulf kills Grendel, he's he feels bad about it because, you know, like he finds out what was going on. Like he was this like little orphan kid that grew up to be like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he just goes after these guys that killed his dad. I'll have to find it, but it was yeah, really, please do. And really part of our Grendel, um, Paul, thank you. As ever, Paul always sends the best <laughs> birthday cards. Paul has a long tradition of that. So I've got a... a what is yokai? It, it is It is definitely yokai. So thank you very much for sending me that. That was very sweet of you. And then my, my pride and joy, um, a lovely person got me a book, Mythical Beasts. And it's from the Folio Society, I believe they're called. And they, what they do, basically, Folio Society, check them out. They release, like uber high quality versions of classic books, a variety of different genres, like huge range of genres, but within them, you know, not just being a great quality book. I mean, obviously it's bound beautifully, but it's the fact that, let's get some illustrations. The illustrations are exquisite. Like they, they really are. Yeah. 
So the art that accompanies these Folio Society books is just wonderful. So it's, I'm really excited about looking forward to reading that because it's nice. I don't get enough books and it's nice to get into the habit of that. Um, Legend of the Dinosaurs and Monster Birds. There's an accompanying like movie tie-in novel. I can get you that. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. I don't know. I was just looking. <laughs> I was looking to see the terror on his face. Yes. Can you get me this sticker annual as well? <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. There's a set of commemorative stamps that went with that film too. There was yeah uh, for the 60th anniversary of it. Uh, there was yeah. And um, Connor, please tell us about your business. So uh, we've all been commissioning various 3d pieces from you uh, over the mm -hmm. past year and a bit so tell us tell us about your business okay um so uh, my name is connor baxter of course as as uh, i've already been introduced um and i am a freelancer uh, 3d artist right who uh, likes to uh, sculpt monsters and and such uh, you know and uh, essentially i uh, i um I create the the models and then I create 3D prints of them, right, into like uh, model kits, right. And um, what happens is people ask me to make things for them, and um, they either have a choice of a, a model kit that they can build themselves, or I can build it for them, pretty much. And uh, um, I've been doing it for at least maybe five years now, at least. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's how only um, how to get to that. Yeah. Um, really, just perseverance, really, because you know, like, uh, it's just a case of just constantly just posting stuff online, you know, um, like because uh, like um, originally, um, originally I used to do models based off of video game characters, right? Um, and uh, you have to bear in mind there's also like hundreds of people online that also create sculpts of like video game characters, right? Um, so like, uh, so I was doing on and off gigs uh, and such, um, doing freelance work, uh, uh, creating models for game characters. Um, then um, I started uh, creating uh, uh, monster models because I'm a big fan of like Godzilla and all that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, which all of a sudden, like just lightning strikes, and uh, um, all of a sudden I started getting more commissions, pretty much, because uh, um, the way that um, I do things is I like to make models of things that don't exist, right? Uh, a lot of the time. So um, one of my most popular pieces is the the graboid that, that I did, right? And uh, um there is little to no graboid stuff um currently as far as i'm aware um same with like uh gorgo or even some of like the godzilla designs even you know like uh yeah. like I, I recently did a, a bust of the uh um how godzilla looks in the good uh, gijo the bearded monster yeah um and uh yeah like there's very little like uh like even like X plus, I think they only do like one X plus of that uh, design and they haven't done anything else. Well, but, uh, just a thought, we're about to take our first break, but when we return, um, gentlemen, if we could possibly bring to the table any examples of Connor's work, because it'd be wonderful to show that in our video, if we could do that. We'll take our first break now, thank you. 
Welcome back, loved ones. This is Kaiju Curry House, and we've been chatting to Connor Baxter, who is a 3D modeling artist. And we've actually brought to the table a couple of pieces. Um, Connor, you were talking about how popular the Graboids are from Tremors. Um, Paul, a long time ago, we got you. There it is. Now, yes, yes you did. Yes, you, you both kindly got me this. There lovely. it is. Uh, so, it survived the journey, yeah. Uh, Connor, yeah. <laughs> how long does it take typically to do a 3D print of that size, looking at that? Because how tall is that, Paul? Is that about 40 centimetres? Um, probably about 25. Oh, well, it's short than I thought it'd be. 25, I 30, I'd say. Uh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't have a really hand, unfortunately. Roughly around the, the 30 centimetre mark. Um, yeah, let's go 30. It's kind of cheating because of the beak, really, but or the uh, yeah. the because they yeah they stick out in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah. how long does it take to print? Um. So, I think it depends on the, the size of the model. Like, uh, so my Gravoid, for example. Um. Uh, I recently upgraded my printer, so it's not an issue. Uh. Um. Like now, but uh, with my older printer, which I printed that on. That just the head alone would take about maybe like three days to print, right? Um, wow, yeah, well, I continuously um, printing, yeah, like continuously printing, yeah. Um, wow. now my, my printer does have a function where you can actually switch off, you know, during the night, so you know, in case, in case there's a fire, you don't want stuff like that, you know? like, <laughs> no. um, um, but uh, yeah, um, but genuinely, like. A graboid like that might take like either like two weeks to make at least entirely you know um uh depends how long that depends on the size of it depends on the uh um the amount of materials that you're using uh so on and so forth um because you but, di you digitally sculpt these you can shrink can you shrink them down and print smaller versions <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, when I'm constructing uh, models, right, um, uh, the Graboid was designed to be a 30 centimeter uh, figure, right? Um, right. Um, if I was to shrink the Graboid down, right, I would have to design it so it actually fit that scale. So like certain details like the, the teeth inside the snake heads would have to be like maybe a bit thicker, you know, so, just so that when I'm taking up the printer, like it doesn't snap or like that. But uh, um, but yeah, I can shrink any model down to be any size if I wanted to. Uh, it just, uh, there'll just be problems with the scaling, you know, um, or there'll be uh, issues that would be fixed uh, with uh, post-processing. Okay. So how did you reference Tremors? Did you just have to, did you just pause the film and, and make it in um, 3D? How does that work? Um, so, uh, when I'm looking at reference images for like, uh, creating models, uh, I'll either do one or two things. I'll either uh, load up the film and uh, pause at, uh, sections of the, uh, the film where the graboid appears. Um, if I'm lucky enough, I'll look online and try and find behind the scenes photographs where you'll have a, a pretty good view of what the graboid or whatever um, creature looks like behind the scenes. Because um, the thing with filmmaking is um, you you never really see like the monsters in full for the most part like in these films like they're usually obscured by like uh, like uh, sand or like uh, explosions etc. Um, so I usually either look at uh, high quality image from, images from the film itself or behind the scenes uh, pictures. 
And why do you think the tremors or specifically the graboids have been a popular line for you? Um, the uh, the graboids, I think, well, uh, there's almost little to no graboid stuff, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think it's also due to nostalgia as well, like Tremors is a, a classic monster movie as yeah. well. There's that. Um, like um, the same goes of like uh, Gorgo as well, like the, the Gorgo that I sculpted. Um, like uh, again, that's a, a cult film, and uh, um, and again, there's very little Gorgo merchandise or like uh, yeah. anything Gorgo related. You know, um, like I think the closest thing collectible Gorgo wise has been a couple of like uh, sort of vinyl figures from Japan or like. Uh, uh, like an, an obscure model kit from like the early 2000s, but that's about it. You got a Gorgo, didn't you, Joe? Yes, I did. It's uh, one of my prizes. It is currently on a rotation with the rest of my models, though. I try and keep things fluid in here so that I don't... Nice. But uh, yeah, it's a really good one. That's another 30 centimeter uh, yeah. kit. And it was really easy and lovely to put together, I have to say. I mean, in terms of being able to paint it and just with a little bit of dry brushing, it just came out beautifully. You do a really good job with creating the details. And yeah. it also just, the way that you're sculpting these, it also makes it really easy to paint them without necessarily having a lot of talent behind you. You can make it look yeah. really good. So, I mean, it, it was really fantastic in that sense, like all the stuff. I will be picking your brains, Joe, because I just recently commissioned Connor to build for me the Godzilla Tower from, um, is it Children's Land? The name of the theme park in Godzilla versus Gaigan. Who knows? That like sounds, that. A, it's something like that, yeah. yeah. It's something which doesn't sound great. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the Peace Conference building. Yeah. <laughs> Children's yeah. Land or Monster Land, I think. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but, um, Godzilla versus Gaigan, aka Godzilla on Monster Island, despite the fact he's only on Monster Island for 30 seconds of the film. The that shocking uh, film. That, or also Godzilla versus the stock motion. Uh, sorry, not the stock footage, as we call it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's got Corn Guy in it, though. That's amazing. That yes, it, it does have the character uh, who eats a con, the Corbin man, uses it. Hold oh, someone wow. up with it, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, um, I commissioned Connor to build for me the, the tower from that, because I think it's an iconic piece. And X Plus have never done that. So, uh, no. Connor. Um, now, when we were chatting before, Connor, we were throwing around ideas for an episode and you mentioned about one of your favourite Toho films being The Mysterians. Now, right. I have not seen it. I know very little about it other than um, there's, a very, there's a very famous mecha in it, isn't there? Is it is Mogira in it? Um, yeah, um, it is the uh, first appearance of, uh, or at least a variation of uh, uh, Mogira uh, because yeah. the... Uh, they later reinterpreted the character in the, the third in Godzilla the versus Space Godzilla. Yeah. So, um, but, tell us what's Mysterians all about. Okay, so uh, the Mysterians was made in 1957, so it was the follow-up to Rodan, pretty much. Um, uh, well, it's not a sequel to Rodan, but it's the film after Rodan, right? And um, it's also the first uh, color Toho film to feature Toho scope. So, if you've ever seen that Toho scope logo that's the film where it originated from. Um, it's, of course, it's um, directed by Shiro Honda, produced by Tomiyuki Tanaka and all that. You know, the lads are back pretty much. Um, and 
Uh, it's actually got a large uh, three quarters of the uh, original Gojira cast. So you have uh, Akiko um, Hirata as a, a scientist character. Uh, you got uh, uh, Takashi Shimura again as another scientist. Um, um, and pesky scientists. Yeah. And uh, you've got Momoko, Momoko uh, Kochi, who um, was Emiko in the uh, uh, Gojira, which um, is one of the few film, other films that she's in, because uh, mm. I think after the success of um, Gojira, she just pretty much just went quiet up until Godzilla vs. Destroyer. And uh, we also have uh, Kenji Sahara, who's just fresh off of uh, uh, Rodan. Um, now, you might have noticed I haven't mentioned the characters' names. Um, uh, because uh, unfortunately, it is one of those to uh, few Toho films where I wouldn't say the um, the characters are that important in this film, at least compared to other Toho films, because mm -hmm. uh, they are pretty stock. There's like three scientist characters, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, it's basically the way that I could describe the Mysterians is it's the closest Toho has ever gotten to doing a big Hollywood budget film. Or trying to capture the uh, um, the likes of the big Hollywood budget in film. What's the general plot of it, like as a general sort of you know, description? Okay, um, so what happens is there's a bunch of mysterious things happening around Japan, like uh, in this small area, right, uh, of Japan, um, where. Um, Trees all of a sudden are burning up from the roots, and you've got uh, sinkholes and landslides just uh, just basically coming out of nowhere. Those uh, darn yokai, right, Alex? Yeah, there's yeah. those pesky yokai. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a sun spike in radiation. All the 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 fish are dying and all that, you know. And uh, it has uh, Kenji Sahara's character, uh, who's uh, playing a science, basically investigating it. Uh, and all culminates where. Um, there's a, a basically a, a rock slide in the mountain, and uh, uh, here we have uh, Mogra making his first appearance in like the first like twenty minutes of the film. You know, so he's he's early, you know, pretty much. Uh, um, and uh, now Mogra Mogera is um, probably one of my favorite uh, uh, kaiju designs, um, or at least mega designs. You know, um, just because um, I think. Um, Compared to other sort of robot designs at the time, now Mogera has a very practical design to him. Like um, he's like he's because um, he's supposed to be like a robotic mole, pretty much, right? Um, so he's got like the the claws that they use for digging. He's got a big buzz saw for like digging. He's also got the drill on the front, and uh, yeah, um, he's he's also very threatening as well in the film because uh, there is he. He doesn't roar. He doesn't make like a roaring sound on like other like mega kaiju um, per se. Um, it's just this like sort of like beeping sound that's uh, that beeps over and over and over, you know. And it's actually um, quite terrifying actually because it's like he doesn't even move that fast. He's literally just walking and destroying everything in sight. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, there is. Um, a, a very good shot that um, in the film, which has a uh, uh, Momoko Kochi's character. Basically, she's in one of these like Japanese bathhouses, and she just she peers out the window, and you just see Mogra. There's no music. Uh, Mogra just slowly just moving in the background, and it's like quite a terrifying shot. 
Um, yeah. And uh, the funny part about this scene is um, they uh, they send the, the, the army to actually uh, deal with uh, Mogra, right? And a lot of it is like, I wonder if it's uh, basically like uh, actual GSTF um, training, pretty much, you know. So like, uh, like there's one moment where they try to stop Mogra with um, flamethrowers, which is funny. You know, it's just like, it's just, it just doesn't do anything. But yeah, and uh, yeah. And after that, uh, Mogra gets flanked by a bridge. And uh, that's Mogra in the first 10 minutes or 20 minutes. Um, um, but uh, after that, um, of course, we learn that uh, it's actually been aliens the whole time, right? And uh, we find that the, the aliens are actually terraforming the small area of Earth because uh, their planet, uh, which is called uh, Mr. Oilness, is uh, has been completely destroyed, right, uh, from nuclear war. And basically, all they're asking the humans is basically um, a spot of land and uh, Earth's women to repopulate their civilization because because uh, radiation has basically left them dis disfigured pretty much, right? Um, so basically, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean. Not sure if Radiation no. tends to like leave you sterile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's put this. Well, these are aliens, so maybe it doesn't. Are they just? Are, do they? Do they just want some to meet some Earth babes? Could that? Could that just be their whole motivation? Well, they actually you know. provide photos of which women they want. They're quite specific. Yeah, they, they, don't. So. they don't. They do. They do. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. They turn up. <laughs> And they're terraforming, uh, terraforming Earth and basically saying, give us a plot of land and we want these women specifically. So yeah. Basically, yeah. So basically, like, they, they well, pick out, like, a gentleman's magazine. It's like, this tasteful <laughs> piece of literature has members of your species, which we would find compatible. But it's not quite like that. No, I mean, it's, it's not... I yeah. mean, I haven't seen, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this podcast, I have not seen this at all. <laughs> no, not, but that, not. in my mind, that's where it went. No, yeah. no, no they, they've, they've done some recon. They've taken some pictures of women at a <laughs> local even, village. That's even creepier. Not, not, they're, they're not pervy pictures. They're just pictures taken. It is it's definitely one of those films better seen and explained. I'll just yeah, maybe we should say that. These are like really creepy aliens. No, stop talking for a second. I'm just thinking about parallels to other films that I love. You mentioned at the start of the film that like there's all these mysterious things happening and that there are sinkholes forming. And there's a mecha in this film. Now, there is a wonderful film called Godzilla vs. Megalon that starts with sinkhole. There is. And it's got a mecha in called Jet Jaguar, who is... Well, he's our boy. Now, yeah. who would win between Mogira and Jet Jaguar? Connor, go. Um, Jet Jaguar, because Mogira is defeated by a, a bridge exploding. <laughs> so, um, okay, fair. Yeah. Who would win between Mogira in the Mysterians and Mogira in Godzilla versus Space Godzilla? Um, Mogira and Space Godzilla, because it's a different size. Um, yeah. altogether. Um, and you're not playing, you, you're just giving me serious answers. You're not being silly. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Mogura is like, uh, you know, like he's the selling point in the movie, but he's only in the say, he's, he's right here in the big, in the posters. Like, this is it. There's Mogura here. Yeah. And as you say, and there's like, there's the build up of all oh, something's happening, and he comes mm. out, 
and you know they shoot at him nothing happens they they use flamethrowers nothing happens and that's then okay and then bang boom for bridge and it's like oh okay so that's the traditional toho movie mm-hmm. that we're used to that's the creature feature god and now they're going to try and do some sci-fi story time telling i mean Very much. it's a common trope to kind of utilize something fantastic and still have it yeah. quickly when I mean, samuel jackson's the selling point of deep blue sea and he's killed off like that you know at the very start of that it. is very true yeah, yeah. So maybe Mogi <laughs> maybe that's it so right. how, how does this film kind of size up 63 years on i mean you've watched it a couple of times recently connor i mean is it a tired old toho film or is is it a gem that's worth our time I'd say it's uh, worth your time, uh, I guess, you know, it's basically uh, the main star of this is A.G. Subaraya's special effects, right, mm-hmm. or his special effect team's uh, special yeah. effects, right, um, because, um, like I said, uh, I said, I think, before the, uh, the podcast, it's basically the closest um, um, Toho's got to an actual Hollywood film, yeah. pretty much. And, uh, that grand kind of sci-fi-esque. I mean, looking at the background um, that Paul's got here, it kind of gives off, as you say, that sort of that 50s, sorry, late 50s, early 60s kind of um, well, classic sci-fi romp, doesn't it? It, it? it looks great. It looks very grand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely what they're going for. Very yeah. good. Okay, well, we will take our second break and then we will return momentarily. Thank you very much. Welcome back to episode 72. We're here with Connor Baxter, 3D sculptor extraordinaire, and we're talking about the Mysterians, in which a group of aliens non-consensually come to Earth and ask to come hang out with our girls. What's going on? Now, there was a film in the 80s. Um, it goes by the name of Humanoids from the Deep. Oh, my Lord. Do that you remember that, I, Connor? That movie and I have a history. Uh, do you I saw it. Again? I saw it last year on Netflix, and oof, that yeah. was uh, and I'm just something thinking of, like right. parallels because my parallel between Godzilla vs Megalon and Mysterians didn't land, despite the fact that they both have sinkholes and they both have mecha. However, Mysterians and Humanoids from the Deep basically centered around these things appearing and wanting women. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's like Humanoids from the Deep. There's definitely nothing as bad as. <laughs> Um, but, um, I'm, I'm just being have you have you seen the trailer for humanoids for i have seen the trailer it's one thing oh, to wow. watch that movie but in the trailer they were so stuck up that there was like there's this one brief flash of a woman's bare bosom that they yeah. showed that exact twice. same piece of footage yeah, twice show the footage in the twice, same just trailer the... it's Boom. just like it that's was the like, audience it was like teenagers yeah. Oh my gosh, you're going to get your PG-13 rating out of this one. PG-13? Just for the trailer, I suppose so, but good heavens. I mean, it's TNA and violence. You know what's actually, the that is actually the best part of the movie, that one brief snippet, because you see the thing is, is that whole scene with the bare-chested woman takes place because a, a ventriloquist is seducing yes. her with his ventriloquy, <laughs> ventriloquist talents and his wooden puppet. And oh. you cannot make this up because this guy took her on he like gets a romantic... No, 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 no. He took her on a romantic picnic on the beach at sunset after the bonfire is dying down. They go into their tent. And what is his first inclination to do? 
let's take out the ventriloquy dummy, which I just happened to bring along. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> You know, as 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 crap as that film is, uh, that scene just made that a ten out of ten. Um, doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Actually, I will say this for *Humanoids of the Deep*: um, the special effects, the costumes for the fishmen, the frogmen, whatever you want to call them, they are very resilient. They're used in water. They're good latex work. They're they're relatively mm. good, like operational costumes. So I will say that all in all, the special effects in that movie are pretty good. The whole plot, the characters, the, the dialogue, the, just e everything was just ridiculous. But under the genre of fishmen, frogmen, I feel that you should far sooner watch The Shape of Water or Creature from the Black Lagoon as yes. far more wholesome experiences of kind of kaiju-esque. Like mm -hmm. on kind of a hierarchy, humanoids from the deep would be lower down. Okay. I still want to see it though. You want, you want to see? Oh, oh, Paul, yeah. you're in for a treat. Now. Oh, I've got the in 80s version. You, or you 90s know it, version, is it? I've got oh, the later one. The 90s version 90s is one, yeah. terrible. It's actually ter it's worse. Oh, than the other one was good, one. yeah. No, the, the, the other one. Was, well, <laughs> no, the, uh, the older one is actually better because hmm. if you actually throw a plot at this movie, it just it falls apart completely. At least if you go in for a schlocky experience and you know it, <laughs> you're willing to like, you know, like lower your expectations enough to where you might yeah. enjoy it. This movie, again, Humanoids from the Deep, I highly recommend being a few lemonades down before yeah, you, you start watching it. Okay. <laughs> ideally, ideally, you're with a group of people that are ready to have a laugh because they do everything wrong in that movie. Let's split up. Let's let's go swimming. Yep. Let's, again, Legend of the Dinosaurs and Monster Birds, you know, like let's have a fair over the water. You know, mm -hmm. it's just all these ridiculous ideas. So Connor, going back to the Mysterians, can we? <laughs> I, I feel like we need to we need to bring this back, despite the fact that it derailed us. Can we expect to see uh, your own rendition of Mogira? Um, I've thought about it. Um, because um, here's the thing about uh, uh, Mogira is, uh, um, before they um considered making a, a mecha, um, the, it, they did think about actually making a kaiju, and that you can actually find the original concepts are online um for uh mogira as a an actual kaiju and uh i believe they did recycle this design for um uh something for something like uh ultraman. one of the creatures in ultraman yeah it's usually ultraman um, recycles stuff for isn't it yes but um maybe i don't know like uh um uh, mogera would definitely be fun uh yeah. to work on i'll just say that excellent well I think that it's time for us to round off this episode, gents, if you're quite happy for that. We have quite a few recommendations going around anyway, so why don't we take a little bit of time to go through them. Paul, if nothing else. If nothing else, um, we should firstly say, go to the singular point. Again, it's on Netflix, so give that a go. 13 episodes? Yeah. Roughly 20 to 30 minutes each? Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, nice, nice length. I say I watched episode one, of the Japanese version, so it'll be interesting to see the the English, and I'm hoping that I'll be able to enjoy enjoy it with the dub rather than uh, watching a sub. Having, and can I just interject yeah. one second? When you're watching Singular Point, if you're a Japanese language aficionado and you like subtitles, this is me saying that the English dub dialogue 
is what you would get if you had watched the original Japanese version with Japanese subtitles. For some reason, the dialogue is simplified greatly when you're watching the English dub for Western Netflix. I don't know why that decision was made, but if you listen to the English dub, the voice acting may or may not fit your version of the character, but at least you get the full dialogue. So if you're yeah. looking to watch Japanese or hear the Japanese voice actors like me, you like that, you like to hear the original cast, yeah. but you don't know Japanese, so you, watch, so you watch it with dubs, the dub will not give you the full dialogue. So I heartily recommend that you watch it with the English dub. You'll get more information and more of the plot that way. Okay. okay. Go ahead. So, so, on, so on, on UK Netflix, the UK dub, sorry, the, the subtitles, they say are complete. The subtitles are like they've been okay. simplified they've been watered down right okay so if you listen to the english verbal dialogue dub i mean like you'll get the full dialogue you'll get the right, full okay. meat of the conversation but for myself i wouldn't have immediately gone there no, because i no. was watching it with my partner mm. we put on the english dub and i was looking at the subtitles because i watched the original japanese release with the english subtitles and i just saw that misdirection i was wait a second <laughs> this character says a lot more and there's a lot more information in the japanese version why has that been taken away from western audiences so but it hasn't yeah. it's just in our dub because i guess they assumed that not many of us would be looking at the subtitles that's a strange mm. choice but okay i mean i want yeah yeah no thank you for yeah. that extra information joe because i would have gone for the uh, the sub and you know i would have brushed away the dub and potentially missed out so thank you yeah keep going paul if nothing else um well and um speaking of netflix i did notice that tremors is on there yeah it is <laughs> um, <laughs> which one so yeah Tre the, the original tremors oh, okay that's, yeah. <laughs> that's okay the kevin bacon one the, sorry it's the one with kevin bacon yes yeah. yes the original yeah good, good. Um, um that's it for me connor if nothing else is there anything that you'd like to recommend um, I suppose this would be a good time to shamelessly plug myself, I guess. Please do. Um, shamelessly plug away, sir. You're an artist. Yeah. You plug in this. So, if you like 3D models, if you like 3D prints, and you want a private commission, as you take my Twitter out at design, or visit my website at www.invadondesign.co.uk. There you go. Well, thank you very much for that. And any personal recommendations for Kaiju Media that you love? Um, yeah, go watch the Mysterians. Um, basically, it's uh, it's better to see the, the film than actually have us explain it to you. Because um, yeah, I don't think we did a good job there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm taking full uh, blame for that because I, I derailed it. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's probably like a really tasteful film. Oh yeah, like a there's a shows a lot of like the promise and the directing chops yeah. and the artistic direction. But no, we went we went to we went to space focused, one yeah, you focused on the yeah. wrong bit there, Joe. Yeah, we could have talked about the anti-nuclear message and all that, but um, all I heard was like, "Where's the consent?" <laughs> That's all I heard. Um, Joe, if nothing else. I have a couple of recommendations. So earlier on in this episode, I talked about a uh, Beowulf movie. It is Beowulf and Grendel. That is what it's called. It's from 2005, 
can look it up. There's a whole bunch of stuff on it. Um, it's readily available. So if you want to see that, I give it a recommend. It's not heavy on special effects, but the, but the practical effects, the makeup, it's subtle, but it's there. It's really lovely. And there's a lot of nuances to the acting, the dialogue, and the story. So give that a watch. The second thing that I'm going to go ahead and recommend is something I recently got for Little Tykes in Our House. There is an Usborne Book of Monsters. Marvelous. And you can find these on Amazon, eBay, whatnot. The Usborne Book of Monsters tragically has not been reprinted in a little while. However, you can go on Amazon and find the ghost one and the UFO one for like six pounds. They're lovely paperbacks and my kids are loving them and they're reading stuff. And one of the really wonderful things about it is at the back of the book, there's a further reading section and a glossary with pictures that explains all the terms and whatnot. So they're great for like that eight to maybe 13 year old range where they want to read something serious. They want to pique their interest and they want to find other places where it's going. Third recommendation from Joe tonight, you guys are getting a treat. Um, watch Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's actually on Disney Plus as well. And it's great. It's got uh, James Mason in it. And he's very Scottish. And um, it's got lovely old school Edinburgh in it. It's the original Hollow Earth story. It's fantastic. It has a lot of great character development. It has a lot of twists and turns. There's a duck, which is a main character. And it's fantastic. It's just good old school, wholesome fun albeit a bit dated because the main scientist does give his, a rather harsh opinion about bringing a woman to the center of the earth, but she holds her chops and she ends up being a very valuable member of the team and she holds the team in many places. So she turns that viewpoint around. So it is good from that respect. But those are my three recommendations for tonight. Well, if nothing else, my three recommendations are given that I kept um, bringing in humanoids from the deep i feel that i need to recommend a film that has doug mcclure in who is the um the lead actor of humanoids from the deep but in a film that's far better far nicer and dare i say it far kinder because uh, it doesn't have loads of kind of um well issues. fish babies popping out of people it doesn't have fish babies popping out of people um they don't pop recommend- out of the places you expect either Correct. My, my recommendation is Warlords of Atlantis. Oh, the great throwback. Yeah, good 70s um, sort of American monster movie. Actually, fairly decent budget, quite gritty and grainy. Kaiju Delos. Yeah, absolutely. But you're not going to give anyone nightmares with it. Um, and yeah, it does have um, little armadillos in, which are amazing, climbing off buildings and attacking people. So Warlords from Atlantis. Um, I feel that I need to recommend on the Nintendo Switch, Pokemon Snap, which might sound like a slightly peculiar recommendation, but one of my kind of gateway drugs into the world of monsters was Pokemon cards as a kid. And the positive reviews that Pokemon Snap has been getting, the fact that it's a video game that doesn't focus on any fighting or aggression. It's a game that encourages, you know, children of all ages to, you know, draw out those Pokemon with various techniques and really focus on the quality of the picture. I think that's quite cool. And yeah, the reviews of Pokemon stuff have been fantastic. And my daughter's very excited to get that. So at some point I'm going to buy it for the Switch. And then, um, to round off, I do have to recommend the book that I was gifted, which I'm going to get now. Um, I'm so proud of this. This is 
mythical beasts and i'm going to get the author now one second mythical beasts by john cherry and this came from the folio society who as i mentioned before check out the folio society they do exquisite uh copies of books um you know hardbound with wonderful illustrations so um Connor, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. I do hope that we haven't scared you off and that you do come back on again. Um, please, listeners, do check out Invader Design. I, I'm sure I speak for the three of us that the commissions that we've had from Connor have been fantastic. They yes. have. I heartily recommend Connor in every way, shape, and form. He was a pleasure to do business with, yep. and the models that he sends are great. And his work is fantastic if you want him to build it for you as well. So yeah. it's a win, win, win. Um, I am opting for Connor to build the um, Godzilla Tower because I don't have a lot of spare time in my hands. And I feel like Connor has been far too polite during this episode rather than singing himself praise. The quality of the product has been brilliant and very reasonably priced. Um, Joe, would you like to end the episode for us? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 72 of Kaiju Curry House, and we have talked Mysterians and 3D models with Connor Baxter, Paul Williams, and Alex Wainwright. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, keep it Kaiju. And also, Joe, fun fact, 72, 1972, that's the same year as Godzilla vs. Gigan. Thank you, you're welcome, I love you. brought up alex yeah another shocking <laughs> film that you've managed to link to our podcast good job i keep mentioning good films yeah you do yeah legend of the dinosaurs and monster birds <laughs> which you have not That's... finished are you okay no you've got to finish it you have to finish that film I'll, i will um... it ends on a cliffhanger alex you know what? Oh maybe gosh. christina and i could watch the legend of dinosaurs and monster birds and perfect about... film for you too no yeah. no don't don't put her through that <laughs> we like her you end her relationship with her Thank <laughs> you.